0: Welcome to All Are Welcome, an evergreen Christian church podcast. Today we have a sermon for you. Please join us in listening. Our scripture readings for today come from the books of James and Matthew. First reading is from James 5, verses 7 through 10. Be patient, then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You, too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. Brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophet who spoke in the name of the Lord. And this from Matthew 11, verses 2 through 11, which is about such a prophet. When John, who was in prison, heard about the deeds of the Messiah, he sent his disciples to ask him, Are you the one who is to come, or should we expect someone else? Jesus replied, Go back and report to John what you hear and see. The blind receive sight. The lame walk. A man dressed in fine clothes? No. Those who wear fine clothes are in king's palaces. Then what did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you. And more than a prophet. This is the one about whom it is written. I will send my messenger ahead of you who will repair the way before you. Truly I tell you, among those born of women, there has not risen one greater than John the Baptist. Yet whoever is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. It's the word of the Lord for the people of God. Thanks be to God. John the Baptist is actually one of my favorite biblical figures. The prophet who will proclaim the coming of the Lord is not exactly a credible-looking figure. Even Jesus comments on it, asking the gathered people if the prophet who proclaims Christ's coming was a well-dressed man. And the answer, of course, is no. But Christ uses this, actually, to kind of give a credibility to John as a prophet. Christ remarks that clearly John the Baptist is not a man who is easily bought and swayed. He's not like a reed that bends in the wind. He's not in the pocket of the courts or the politicians or the royalty. He is not a man who wears nice cloves, clothes and rubs elbows with the elites. But to look at John the Baptist, to hear John the Baptist, I don't know how much I would have trusted him. He wore camel's hair robes, and he was, to put it nicely, an itinerant preacher. But to be more frank, he lived in the wilderness. He ate locusts and wild honey. He presumably had messy and unkempt hair. And I've seen myself in the morning, and sometimes even now, and with my COVID hairstyle and my bedhead, it's not a sight that engenders trust or makes me look very charismatic or dependable or trustworthy to be walking around without a comb. And yet, John the Baptist got something of a following. He wandered the wilderness preaching, baptizing in water baptisms of repentance and forgiveness. And people started calling him a Messiah. And yet he told them, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me comes one who is more powerful than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And so many of Christ's earliest followers were followers of John the Baptist. And now Jesus says, of anyone born of a woman, there's none greater than John the Baptist. But if you were to see and hear this crazy man, honey dripping from his overgrown beard, eyes wild as he preaches of the coming of Christ. Could you reconcile it? Reconcile it with the baby in Mary's womb, which inspires her to sing this prayer. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. For God has looked with favor at his lowly servant. From this day, all generations will call me blessed. The Almighty has done great things for me. God's name is holy. God has mercy on those who fear her in every generation. She has shown the strength of her arm. He has scattered the proud in their conceit. He has cast down the mighty from their thrones and has lifted up the lowly. God has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich God has sent away empty. God has come to the help of his servant Israel. For she remembers her promise of mercy, the promise he made to our fathers, to Abraham and his children forever. Such a beautiful prayer of remembrance, of glory. Could you reconcile crazy, wild-eyed John the Baptist with that? And maybe you would have been able to hear John the Baptist's words and really listen to what he's proclaiming. Maybe look past his appearance and hear and be excited by the baptism by fire Be excited to know that God is coming, that there is one even greater than John the Baptist. And maybe you can hear Mary's beautiful prayer about the arrival of Christ who is in her belly, the Christ who will show mercy upon the people who fear him, and know that this is the same person. Maybe you could have taken the words of the honey and locust-eating John the Baptist and read the signpost which directed us to know the coming of Christ. God in human form, but I'm not sure I could have. Would you have been able to listen to the young, very young, maybe 14, the young pregnant Mary and realize she bore the Son of God? Know that her soul magnified the Lord because she, her body carried our Savior. I'm not sure I could have seen John the Baptist and known the arrival of the source of our joy was imminent. I'm not sure I could have listened to the 14 year old Mary and known exactly what she was talking about. And in this way, John, the itinerant preacher, the man in the wilderness, becomes the unexpected messenger of our joy. John. Honey and locust eating John announces the arrival of joy and prepares us for Christ's birth. And Mary, the pregnant teenager, announces the arrival of a new kingdom, and the source of joy awaits in her belly. She will be the one to birth it into this world. Look at our two messengers. One, a man wandering the wilderness. One, a pregnant teenage woman. C.S. Lewis, in his autobiography, Surprised by Joy, wrote about this kind of longing he had throughout his life. That he would be hit by these pangs. These pangs of longing for something higher. Something so good that he couldn't use words to explain what it was like. He called this thing, this longing, joy. And he says joy is that of an unsatisfied desire which is itself more desirable than any other satisfaction. And this longing in and of of itself is different from happiness or pleasure. And the simple act of this longing is more fulfilling than actually satisfying our other kinds of longings. And for C.S. Lewis, this longing and this joy was for God. Now in that work, C.S. Lewis remarks that these pangs of joy worked as signposts for his life. That these pangs of joy are most important, most salient when wandering in the wilderness. He says when our lives feel like they're paved and that there are signposts everywhere of where to go and what to do and how to feel, when they're frequent and common, these pangs of joy aren't as necessary or relevant, but it's when we're in the wilderness, when we're lost, when there's no way ahead of us that these pangs of joy, that these longings are the signposts towards where we need to go. They're the signposts for what the purpose and meaning in life is. If you have felt, especially in quarantine, in a pandemic, in a season of grief, if you felt like you were wandering in the wilderness, or if you have felt vulnerable and afraid, the gospel news is that joy is coming. We are expectantly waiting for that joy. The gospel news is joy will guide you, will be a signpost for you in the wilderness, that you will have these pangs of joy. And the gospel news is that joy is for the most vulnerable and afraid people. The gospel news is that in the kingdom of heaven, even the most lowly are greater than John the Baptist, Christ says. And joy will remind you that life is meaningful and purposeful. The gospel news is that wilderness is where the messengers of joy preach the good news of the coming of Christ. The wilderness is where the preparation for Christ is done. And the gospel news is that the vulnerable and the afraid sing songs of God's glory. And it was a young woman who carried our cause for joy in her womb. The gospel news is that there is unexpected joy, unexpected longing for something greater and more good, unexpected signposts that will lead us to Christ. And its messengers and the carriers of joy are unexpected people in unexpected places. And if you're in the wilderness, you are right there with them. I pray this Advent season that you are also surprised by joy. Amen.